to another episode of It's Just a Talk. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host, and this is episode double 10. It's just like zero ten. So I don't know if I should call it double O ten, because technically I already, it was double O nine, so it should just be zero ten. So this is episode zero ten. Welcome. That was actually Arms Around You featuring Maluma and Swale by It's Tentation. I don't know. It's just the guy that died. So somebody was like, oh my God, I can't get this song out of my head. And I was like, yo, now I'm not going to be able to get this song out of my head either. Welcome to It's Just a Talk, your Spanglish, political, queer, shady, and everything podcast where we talk a little tea, we talk some truth, but we obviously have time to talk some shit. Today's episode is being brought to you by your cobijas, you know, the ones that have the tiger on them. Sometimes, sometimes they have a, a peacock on them. Some cobijas have, you know, a lion on them. So there's a bear. And I'm not talking Jasmine Sullivan. Um, so uh, today's episode is being brought to you by your Mexican cobija. Because, bitch, it's cold now. Like, all of y'all were being hoes all year long. And all of a sudden, it gets cold. And all of y'all want to, like, start dating someone and cuddle and shit. Bitch, I've been covering these bases from day one. It's called get a dog. Porque yo tengo a Coco and I don't need no man to cut away. All I need is Coco and my cobija con tigre. So, if you're ready, then I'm ready. So let's get this party started. Because, uh, I mean, it's time for It's Just a Talk. Let's do this. ¿Qué me vas a dar si vuelvo? Que merezca el sacrificio Porque el día que nos dejamos Lo entendí como el final Presumías de amores nuevos Yo no sé si para herirme all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to It's Just a Talk, episode 010. I needed to play some Jenny Rivera, Que Me Vas a Dar Si Vuelvo, porque today, my name is Cardi B, uh, because I just dumped Offset. Entonces, if I was Cardi B, I'd be playing this song up and down. Like, Que Me Vas a Dar Si Vuelvo, wey. Like, Yo Tengo Dinero, I Can, Like, Me Puedo Mantener Yo Solo, I Don't Need Your Dirty Ass, Your Cheating Ass. Even though low-key, I still think they're going to get back together. Like, he's going to buy her something nice. Like, because, you know, they're both ratchet. And, like, I feel like that's, like, a, like such a ratchet thing to do. Like, oh, he's going to buy me something nice. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, he loves me. He really loves me. And then she's going to go back to him. But if not, then Cardi B, I need you to play some Jenny Rivera for his ass and Make him realize he ain't shit. Uh, all right, so welcome back to another edition of How Was Your Week? Uh, it's been a while since I put an episode. It's been like a week and a half. So I put last episode two Wednesdays ago. 
And it was a random episode, but a lot was happening. And so I wanted to put another episode that Sunday, but I was like, it's a little too close. So I wanted to wait till now. So there's a lot that's been going on in my week. Uh, so I started my first day of work last Monday. So um, it's been really interesting uh, because my job is like remote. Like I'm doing everything remotely. Like um, I'm meeting with members remotely and it's hard because I don't have like a time in or a time out other than like meetings that I have to make. It's the first week and it's just going to be a lot of adjusting to do. Uh, today my friend D and uh, one of my fraternity brothers, Maxwell, are visiting from Chicago and D actually works. She does like, she's a com- communications consultant and she was telling me that her work is similar like it's like it's remote and so I was just like asking all these questions because I was like girl I just need to understand like how I can get everything I need to do in in like due time without like being stressed out and still having you know time for myself so I mean you're gonna probably be updated about that my boss was already like hey Mauricio like I think we should check in every night just so that I know exactly what you're doing every day. And, of course, that makes me feel like, okay, maybe I'm not doing my job right or maybe I'm not getting things done. But I understand, like, like she has no basis other than, like, my interview process to, like, why she should trust that I'm getting the work done. And so I, I understand. Like, she just wants me to, like, check in every day and make sure that I'm getting my work done. Um, but if it, if she's checking in every day for, like, the next three months, then, like, we got to have a conversation. Um, what else happened? Oh, so new, new year, new me. Yay. So new year's coming. Um, I mean, it's still, uh, it's December 9th and I'm already counting new year, bitch. So the new year's gonna come near us. And so something that I did that uh, has always been my goal for a while, I've always wanted to do a Spartan race. And so I was, had signed up for the Spartan race here in the Bay Area on December 1st, but I realized that I was, I hadn't been training and I wasn't going to do great. So I moved my Spartan race to next year. So I'm going to do the sprint in LA in January, like late January. So that gives me time to train. It gives me more than a month to train. I'm going to start doing the uh, rock climbing gym, hopefully. So that would help me with my upper body strength. Cause you know, if you know me, you know, I don't got upper body strength. So we, we're trying to work on that, you know, cause right now, cuando pongo el muscle, like it goes down instead of going up. I need the muscle to go up, not like droop. Um, <laughs> That made me think of the Cardi Bomb, the Cardi Bomb, the Cardi B song, the drip, 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 ring, drip, drip. I, I'm not going to sing for you. Um, yeah, so I actually, that led me to then making the decision that I'm just going to try and do a trifecta in 2019. So I signed up for the Sprint, the Super, and the Beast, which I'm a little scared of, but um, I'm going to train my ass off, and hopefully they, this time next year I got like a really nice body, and like I'm going to be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm a trifecta runner, okay. It's either gonna be that or I'm gonna like break something. So stay tuned to see which one it is. <laughs> uh, I also went to this museum called Candytopia. Super cool. If you're ever in San Francisco or there's one in New York, you should check it out. I got lots of free candy. So yeah, that's something that I just did. Um, something that happened that I did not talk about last time because it literally happened the day after or two days after I released the um the episode last time was Ariana Grande release Thank You Nuts 
And I know this is a late review, but bitch, like, all of our wigs were snatched. I did not know what was happening. I could not control myself. That Saturday, I literally... Was it that Saturday or Sunday? One of the days. I literally had friends come over, and we, like, watched it on the big screen because it was just a lot. Like, we just needed to, like, debrief everything that was happening. Like, I stand around the ground day, like... I'm never going to say anything negative about you, girl, ever. Not that I ever did, but I'm just saying, like, it's never going to happen. If you haven't watched Thank You, Nets, I need you to go to YouTube, watch it. it I mean, it features, like, scenes from Mean Girls, 13 Going and 30, um, Legally Blonde, Bring It On. So I like the gay movies, and I call them gay movies because it's gay culture, like, adores these movies. She hit them. It was on um, Mark. On um, that same Sunday that we we all saw Thank You Nets, me and my friends, we were in a brunch. Yo, like, I forgot how much I miss brunch. Like, in L.A., I remember I used to go to Hamburger Mary's with friends, and we used to get unlimited mimosas and watch the drag queens and eat, and I hadn't been able to, like, find a group um, in the Bay Area that we could just go to brunch and just be messes together. I mean, some of us were... A little too messy, but that's beside the point. All I'm trying to say is there's this place called District in Oakland. If you ever come visit me and it's a Sunday, we gonna go there because it's uh, unlimited mimosas. They have like six different type of mimosas and it's a buffet. And you know, this fat ass loves to eat. So I, you know, I was eating it all. Mm, then we decided to go to Dolores Park. And that's where shit hit the fan. Cause, you know, you can't have hours and hours in unlimited mimosas. And they go drink some more at Dolores Park without some drama happening. So all I gotta say is that if you really drunk and you're about to walk away, just know that you are, you are an adult. And you can take care of yourself because obviously that's why you left the group. I'm gonna try to look for you for a couple for for a while, and if I can't find you and you answering your your phone, you on your own, okay? Um, so this last Friday, uh, there was the RuPaul's Christmas special. I don't know any of you that watch RuPaul, but, you know, we're going to be talking about RuPaul a lot. Porque the new season of All Star 4 starts next Friday. So on the next episode, you best believe we're going to review the episode. But they had, RuPaul had this weird Christmas special. She had, I believe it was seven queens come to the show and, like, quote-unquote compete to be the Christmas queen. It was so fucking campy. It became, like, a musical. I wasn't sure what I was watching. I I honestly did not like it. Like, I loved seeing, like, some of the queen's looks. That was like The runway is always my favorite part. Like, I really thought either Shangela or... Um, Mayhem Miller should have won. But then she was like, oh, all of you are my Christmas queens. I was like, bitch, you just made me sit here for a whole hour because I thought you were going to crown a bitch, but now they're all the winners. And then they did this weird lip sync where supposedly RuPaul and Michelle Visage were, like, doing the splits and, like, <clears throat> that drops and everything. And I was like, I'm over this. Like, let's move on. Just like we're going to do right now with this segment. Because we're going to move on to the first segment, or official segment, the question of the week. So, um, again, my name is Cardi B, and I'll see you there. Dangerous! Five, four, three, two, one. Level up, 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 level
uh, we got level up with the question of the week. Uh, all right, so I did say that I started a new job, um, and it's a completely different, um, I guess, way that I've have learned to work. Um, it's a manager position. I've had, like, director positions and stuff, but I feel like this is, like, so much more serious because it's, like, a large organization. So if uh, you don't remember, I'm working for this organization called uh, Leadership for Educational Equity, which basically helps um, Teach for America core members and uh, alumni to either go into advocacy, organizing, or become elected leaders, uh, become, like, uh, get elected positions. And we basically, like, help them, like, coach them, basically, to, like, figure out a path that they want to continue to, like, reach or help reach educational equity um, when they leave the classroom or even if they want to do it outside from the cla- from teaching. Um, so it's really interesting. It's something different that I've never done. Again, I, I it's, like, a remote work because it's basically, they call it a cyber um, company, because most of the work is, like, online, we're using, like, Salesforce, and, like, all these different platforms that I'm not used to, and, and something that has really just been hitting me really hard is this sense that, like, okay, maybe I don't deserve this job, or maybe, like, I'm not, like, good enough to do this job, and I keep trying to remind myself now, but still, like, you're good enough, like, you have worked your ass off, like, you have the experience necessary to be here, like, you've worked campaigns, you've worked with, like, organizing, you've done all of this before, and it's crazy to think that, like, everything that I've done throughout life, like, is, is like all coming together here. Like, when it comes to organizing, like, I used to organize in college, like, during Prop 8. I organized and helped put together, like, um, marches and and protests and stuff. Helped organize with uh, SQU during undergrad when, like, college, the CSU was trying to, like, ramp up, you know, our tuition. I've done campaign work when I, you know, canvassed for, like, the first Obama's campaign. Did campaign work recently. So, this is all things that, like, I've done before, like, I've been a manager before, I've been a director before, but for some reason, because it's, I think it's because of something different, it, this sense of, like, imposter syndrome is, is, is hitting, and so I feel like that's why I wanted that to be the question of the week today, like, imposter syndrome, and how does it affect us, especially, like, people of color, especially first-generation uh, people of color, how it affects us in, like, in this white-dominant, um, I guess, world, the capitalist world that we live in. Um, it, it's really interesting because for me, I have to constantly remind myself that, that I'm feeling this because it is imposter syndrome. And I have to remind myself, no, like, don't let it take over. But I have many loved ones where, like, it does take over and they start thinking, like, oh, no, like, I'm not good enough for this. Like, oh, I shouldn't even apply for this job because I'm not good enough for the job. And then even today that I was talking to my friend uh, D and one of my brothers match where they're visiting like both of them were telling me that like their jobs they got by like chance and like Maxwell is an assistant dean and he's like around my age and for him to be an assistant dean at Northwestern and have a job that usually like people work their whole lives to have and he has it now as young as he is like imposter syndrome is something that obviously hits him all the time so he constantly has to remind himself that yes he's young and maybe like the older like people that work for the the university like might not think 
take him seriously, but once they see his work, like, they're like, oh, shit, he knows what he's doing. And with Dia, it was the same thing, like, because she was the first Latina at her company, like, it was hard for her to be like, oh, fuck, like, like, she was telling me how, like, sometimes it was hard because they would do things or say things that were probably not... Um, open-minded and kind of, like, prejudiced or racist. But the reason why she stayed is because she realized that they were willing to grow and willing to, like, learn and willing to change the way that the company was working and be more inclusive. And that's why she's been there for a while. Both of them said that, like, this just fell on their laps. Um, And for me, I feel like I've worked my ass off to get where I'm at, but for some reason it still feels like this imposter syndrome. And so it's, it's interesting that as people of color, we get this because we are entering places and spaces that we had never entered before or that people before us, like, have never entered. So there's no way to, like, I guess, prepare us for these. Like, we're the first ones to do this. And so a lot of the times we start doubting ourselves, like, wait, should I be here? And it happened a lot, too, during under, during my grad program, where I was like, oh, my God, like, why am I even doing this? Do I deserve having a grad, like, do I, like being in this master's program? And then when I finished it, I was like, hell, yeah, I deserve to be working and getting this master's. Um, and so I, I think it's a constant reminder. If anyone out there is feeling feels this way, I would love to hear, like, what are the things that you do to, like, help you out? Um, like, me reminding myself is one of the things that I do, but I'm starting to realize that that it's hard not to let, like, imposter syndrome, like, take over. It's, like, almost, going back to RuPaul, RuPaul loves to call it your inner saboteur. And so your inner saboteur, my inner saboteur, keeps coming out and keeps trying to tell me, no, no, you're not good enough. No, why did they give you this job? What? And so I have to, like, fight with it. And RuPaul always says that you have to, Look at your inner saboteur in the eye and be like, thank you for your opinion. I didn't ask you. I'm moving on. But it's hard. And so I'm just trying to figure out other things that I can do that can help. Um, I would love to hear, like, what you have. Um, Any ideas or any, I guess, what's the word that I'm thinking? Like, strategies that y'all use to, I guess combat imposter syndrome because I like am not sure like how to continue to um to combat it I guess imposter syndrome if we're looking at the definition it means it's it's a, a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a quote-unquote fraud which is something that happens when people of color or first-generation kids start getting higher up in the workforce and this, like, white America, capitalist America. Sometimes we doubt ourselves that something, someone's going to be like, oh, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You're an imposter or you're a fraud. Um, yeah, so I guess I just have to be able to fight it or figure out different ways that I can 
combat my imposter syndrome. I would love to hear what you have to say. So uh, please get at me on my uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter at It's Just a Talk. Or if you have maybe stories of how imposter syndrome has impacted in your life, I would love to hear it. Um, send me an email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. That podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. And all right, we're going to go to our next segment, our Today in the Country. I'll see you there. Carnaval del Barrio, Carnaval del Barrio. Hey, uh, so I lied. It's not today in the country. We're actually coming to our POC or Queer Excellence of the Week segment. And so I had to start with some In the Heights. Um, if you have not watched In the Heights, it is one of my favorite musicals of all time. It's very underrated. And a lot of people don't like it for some reason. I'm not 100% sure why. It's one of my favorites. It's one of the very first musicals that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda actually wrote and was in. He played the role of Guz, of Uznavi. Um, so if you have not seen it, it's great. It talks about the heights in uh, New York. Uh, it, it, it talks about gentrification. It talks about all different cultures living there. It is such a great musical. It's my favorite. Um, and so if you guessed it, our person of the week of ex- our person of color of the week of excellence of excellence of the week. Oh my god, I need to say that again. Our person of color of excellence of the week, there you go, it's a tongue twister, is actually Lin-Manuel Miranda, who a lot of things happened for him this week. He is announced that he's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's a good shit. Uh, It is announced that there's been rave reviews about his Mary Poppins and uh, his, I guess, his character Mary Poppins, and he he wrote some of the music in Mary Poppins. He's getting the Kennedy Center honors uh, coming up, and he also got a Golden Globe nomination. Uh, Mary Poppins got nominated for Best Actress, Best Musical Score, Best Movie, and he got nominated for best actor in a musical or comedy. Uh, So if you don't know who Lin-Manuel Miranda, you probably have heard about his musicals. He has In the Heights. He has um, Hamilton. Um, There's a couple others that he has written. Um, But he is, I believe he's Puerto Rican. Uh, And so he currently has an Emmy Award. He has a Grammy Award. He has a MacArthur Fellowship. He has a Pulitzer Prize and a Tony Award. Uh, He won a Tony Award for Best Original Score in 2008 for In the Heights. He won a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album uh, for also for In the Heights. And he won a Tony for Best Musical for In the Heights. Then he won a Tony Award for Best Actor in Musical for Performance for In the Heights. Um, he, he's been winning a bunch of freaking awards. And then Hamilton is a rave-reviewed. Um, he, he earned a Pulitzer 
Prize for Drama because of Hamilton. He was nominated for record-setting 16 Tony Awards, in which he won 11 for Hamilton. So the reason why this is important is because this would make, if he gets nominated, now that he's nominated for the Golden Globe and he wins the Golden Globe, this means that that would put him up to hopefully be nominated for an Oscar. And then if he wins the Oscar, he would become an EGOT. And EGOT is someone that has an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony Award, and an Oscar. And so uh, there's only, I believe there are only like eight people who, who are EGOTs. Uh, the only Latina person or Latinx person who's an EGOT is actually Rita Moreno from West Side Story, which would be really cool because in 2009 for the production of West Side Story, he actually won a, a Tony Award. So hopefully Lin-Manuel Miranda wins it for Mary Poppins, then gets nominated for the Oscar, and if he wins the Oscar, he would become the second Latinx person and the first Latino male to have be an EGOT. Uh, so congrats, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I can't, I'm actually really excited to see this movie now um, because it, since he wrote some of the music and I really like Emily Blunt, I really want to watch this new Mary Poppins movie. Uh, like Confession Time, I've actually never watched the original Mary Poppins. And I know I used to work at Disneyland and everything, but I've actually have never watched the original one. So I think I should watch the original one. Uh, maybe on like one, two, three movies or something. And then watch this one when it comes out next week, I believe it comes out. I definitely won't be watching it on Friday because that's going to be the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4, hashtag Team Manila. Um, I know you probably expected me to say hashtag Team Valentina, but we... We don't fuck with Valentina. Mm-mm, not in this house. Uh, so, yeah. So, congrats, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's our person of color of excellence of the week for our episode 010. Uh, now, for reals, I'm going to see you on Today in the Country. So, we'll see you there. No one's gonna save you now, so you gotta save yourself. Oh, that's my favorite lyric. That was After the Storm, uh, featuring Tyler, the Creator, by Kali Uchis. Um, so Tyler, the Creator, apparently has a new was dating someone new. Uh, recently in the news, they said that um, Jaden Smith... Wait, is it Jaden Smith? No, Jaden Smith is... I whip my hair back and forth. I whip, right? Jaden Smith, oh, no, 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 Jaden Smith is the the son, so apparently Jaden Smith is romancing with Tyler Creator, and they've been saying that they're together, that um, that Tyler the Creator is his boyfriend, and Tyler the Creator has been saying, yes, Jaden's my boyfriend, so I had to pay some Kali Uchis featuring Tyler Cre- the Creator uh, for y'all. Uh, all right, so welcome back to another episode of Today in the Country. So first thing we're going to uh, cover is 
something that actually happened in Stout Lake City, Utah, a couple uh, days ago. This happened five days ago, actually. Um, it was... And what happened is, in Salt Lake City, Utah, there was an attack on a um, Mexican person called Luis... His name is Luis Gustavo Lopez. He's 18. He was attacked at his parent, his dad's tire shop in Salt Lake City. It's called Lopez Tires. Um, he was attacked in the, at the end of November uh, by a person who came in screaming that he hates Mexicans. He was saying, I hate Mexicans. He spat and said, I fucking hate Mexicans. Are you part of the Mexican mafia? I'm here to kill a fucking Mexican. He apparently started swinging at this 18 year old who was had just helped his dad open the sh their tire shop dad came out tried to like cover his son and when the guy was hitting uh his dad with a crowbar he tried to like defend his dad and then he the men pushed him and started beating him. Uh, Luis Gustavo Lopez is actually in critical condition to this day. And so what is that's not happening is that you would think that it, this would be considered a hate crime, but the police is not doesn't want to consider a hate crime. Uh, this was committed by this man called Alan Dale Covington, who's 50. And the reason why they don't want to consider a hate crime is because he was apparently on drugs and was not not like all there and so the police actually said he wasn't really based in reality Wilkins said uh, we don't want to ignore a hate crime if it's a hate crime but we don't want to make it a hate crime if there's not an aspect of it since he was under the influence of drugs and this person who did it Covington is known to I guess not be all there all the time like he has mental issues the family of Luis Gustavo Lopez uh, blames President Trump or 51 uh, what did I say I was going to call him? DJT. They blame DJT for all the antics that he's been saying about Mexicans and, like, fueling these race wars that have been just been fueled. Like, la sachando leña al, al fuego, like my mom says, uh, with all the shit that he's been spilling or, spew or lying about Mexican people. And so the family is blaming his antics for why this person came and attacked uh, his dad and uh, Luis Gustavo, who's 18. So prayers to uh, Luis Gustavo in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Utah is a complete different world in its own. Um, things that I've heard about Utah where I'm like, yo, I don't think I'll be going there anytime soon. Um, moving on to other things that have been happening. So George W. Bush Sr. died uh, since last, since the last episode that we had. His memorial service was a couple of days ago, actually. Uh, there's this really funny scene where um, DJT and Melania walk in. And, uh, of course, they have to stay with the other presidents. So they sit with uh, Carter and his wife. Uh, then there's Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Then there's... Uh, George uh, Bush and Laura Bush, then there's... Uh, oh, George Bush and Laura Bush were not sitting there because they came in later. And then it's Obama and uh, Michelle. And then DJT and Melania come in, and he shakes people's hand, and Hillary Clinton doesn't even look at him, wasting no time. She's looking straightforward, no care in the world. Uh, Carter and his wife also did not say hi. Uh, really funny part. There's another part where everybody was going crazy that uh, the 
Donald Trump, I mean, at, on DDT, uh, George Washington Jr. Uh, apparently has a friendship with Michelle Obama, and she was giving him... Um, What's it called? She he gave her candy, and so people were going crazy about that. Uh, so uh, what I really, what reason I would have brought that this up is because the day of the funeral, uh, like mail was closed, like a bunch of banks are closed, like um, they believe the DMV and all federal buildings were closed in his honor. Uh, they're like calling him like a war hero and all this shit. And I hate that this happens when people die. Like they, oh my God, he was such a great person. When in reality, George W. Bush Sr. is one of the reasons why all this shit is happening in Central America. Is one of the reasons why we had the Cold War and then we had to go back to war with the Middle East. Um, and why... Uh, just all these things are happening in the Middle East because when we went in the first time during George Washington senior time and we fought the Cold War, we liberated part of Iraq, but not all of Iraq. Then uh, the dictator, I can't remember his name because there's so many, I'm blanking out. Um, he like took over other places, started wars because we didn't finish what we started. Then also, he is one of the reasons why the AIDS epidemic was so big because him, George W. Bush Sr., as well as um, Ronald Reagan, were two of the presidents that refused to do research for AIDS um, and because at the time, it was affecting a lot of people of color that were LGBT, and they didn't give a fuck. They didn't care that people continued to die. There were so many protests, so many fight against their antics to refuse to basically fight, like fund research for this new disease that they didn't know what, was, what it was. It was calling, they were calling it the cancer that affected gays. Um, and so because it affected a minority, uh, George W. Bush Sr. refused to fund it. And so a lot of people died because of him. Not only in war, but here in the United States. Um, and so when they call him a, a, a war hero, a great president, I just keep thinking, no, he wasn't. He's probably burning in fucking hell because he killed so many people. So don't come at me and tell me he was a great president. I guess what, in comparison what we have today, I guess he was a great president because now we have fucking Basura with DJT, but he still was not a good president. Going from someone who's a horrible person to something that people are going to be leaving. He left us because he died. And something else that's going to be leaving us is um, Tumblr actually announced that on December 17th, porn and adult content will no longer be allowed on Tumblr. So it will all be taken off. It's really interesting because I only recently found out that people use Tumblr for porn. I was like, really? I thought people used Tumblr. I thought it was like Pinterest. Like, oh, like, I want to like repost things that I want my way my room looks or like quotes and stuff. But apparently people use it to like find porn and accessible. I did know that a lot of people, a lot of, like, sex workers that uh, are in the community of sex work uh, use it to, like, um, I guess, give people previews for their, like, OnlyFans accounts and their Connect Pals. Uh, if you don't know what a Connect Pal is or an OnlyFans, it's basically a website where people can upload their nudes and, like, their sex videos. And then people will go on there and pay subscriptions to see this person's nudes 
nudes or this person's um, sex videos, and they pay monthly. And this is, like, really lucrative. Like, people make so much fucking money. Like, it is ridiculous. Because if you think about it, some of these OnlyFans, like, Guys, and at least the way that I know is, I know pretty sure it's only fan girls, they're for like straight men. But the there's gay guys who have only fans who that's their only job at this point because they have hundred thousands of some of them even have like a million, two million followers. And imagine each of those hundred thousand or million or two million followers pay like a subscription of nine ninety five a month to this person and so of course like connect pal and um only fans takes like a portion of it but these people are like getting banked just because they're like they're showing their dick or girls are showing their titties on these websites and so they were using tumblr to i guess give people previews and um allow them to, I guess, promote their OnlyFans and their Connect Pals. And so a lot of people are seeing this as, like, a crackdown on uh, sex workers, but it's also supposed to be a crackdown on any adult, I guess, content. One of the big reasons why I believe this is what happened is because... um, Tumblr is no longer on the App Store because of the adult content that it has. And if you're not on the App Store, then basically your website or app starts to, like, die. Because if I can't get it on my phone, then I'm not really going to use it. And so originally it got taken out of the App Store because the App Store, I guess, they go through every app every once in a while and Apple and on Google uh, and make sure that there's, like, every co- everything on that app, the content is, like, legal. And when they were going through the Tumblr app, because they found, like, child porn that somebody, like, had reposted, they took off the app completely. And so now I guess Tumblr is trying to take all adult content off so that the app can go back. And they said that they're trying to make Tumblr a place where people can feel safe and can go back to, like, reposting don't know how you all feel about it. I personally don't use Tumblr for porn. I have the real shit. Like, I could just have someone over. I mean, I pay a lot of rent for me to be wasting, you know, my room not having someone over. So, I'm just saying. So, hit me up. <laughs> don't hit me up for that reason. <laughs> hit me up if uh, you have any opinions about Tumblr <laughs> being banned. Uh, and finally, what we're going to talk about happening in the United States or today in the country is this hashtag uh, Justice for Roxana. Uh, so if you have not heard of hashtag Justice for Roxana, it's, uh, so there was a transgender woman in a migrant caravan uh, who died in ICE custody. So she was apparently coming from from Central America. So, Rosana Hernandez is a transgender woman from Honduras who arrived at the U.S. border earlier this month with the asylum seekers. Uh, and so, what had happened is she got detained. Uh, and on Friday, she died in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She died from what appears to be an a cardiac arrest, according to U.S. Immigration and Customs and for- Enforcement officials. Hernandez was one of roughly 25 transgender and gender non-conforming individuals who joined the Central American Asylum Seekers in April. She arrived in San Isidro, California, port of entry near San Diego on May 9th to seek asylum. And according to ICE and Pueblos Sin Fronteras, which organized the guided the asylum seekers, she had been in custody for about two weeks waiting to be deported when she died. 
So her death was apparently declining. So several immigrant advocacy groups claimed that Hernandez died due to medical negligence by immigration officials. During her first week of the United States, Razzi's body and spirit quickly deteriorated. Why, why incarcerate and torture her like this? A joint statement by groups Pueblo Sin Fronteras, Diversidad Sin Fronteras, and Al Otro Lado said, Soon after asking for asylum, Hernandez was initially held at a detention center by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. She was cold, lacked adequate food or medical care, and she was held in a cell with the lights turned on for 24 hours a day. The group said they called the detention center the quote-unquote ICE bots. Uh, a week later, ICE says she arrived at the transgender unit in Silaba County Correctional Center in Milan, New Mexico, a privately run federal prison for men that contracts with ICE. But by the next day, she was taken from, to the local hospital with symptoms of pneumonia, dehydration, and complications associated with her HIV that she already had because they denied her her medicine. Um, hours later, she was transferred to the hospital in Albuquerque when she remained in intensive care unit until she passed. The reason why this is a big deal is because originally ICE Customs have about a week to release uh, paperwork of why someone died. Until this day, they have not released why Roxana has died. It is not on the news. It is not being covered until uh, recently that people have started the hashtag on social media. And then some local stations or some stations have been, I guess, reporting on it on their online websites, but not on their actual broadcast. Uh, so I know that there's a lot of different movements that are going to be happening because people are just starting to die in these detention centers and it's being, I guess, swept under the rug. Uh, so if you have anything to say about this, please let me know on my Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at It's Just a Talk or send me an email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. And now we're going to go on to our next portion, or in El Mundo. I'll see you there. Quiero, yo quiero dinero. Girl, yo sí quiero dinero, eh? Porque, I mean, I hate this capitalist society, pero I still got to live in it. So if you got dinero, you got to throw it at me, okay? Make it rain, make it rain. Eh, eh. I made it rain on this drag queen el viernes, but I only made it rain like $10 bills. I mean, not like $10 bills, like... I got $10 in ones, and then I made those ones, I made it rain on her. I've always wanted to do this. If you ever been to a drag show, and sometimes there's, like, really good drag queen, and she's getting it, and then someone goes up there in front of her, and she just, and they just start giving her dollar by dollar by dollar by dollar, so I did that. Uh, it was B.B. Sweetbriar's last night at the port bar, because she's going on to, like, do music, and, like, do all these other things, and um, I love her. I've known her 
since I moved here. She's always been a really great friend uh, to me and to my creativity. And so I was like, here, one dollar, another dollar, another dollar. I was making it rain on her. But anyways, uh, welcome to another section of Hoy en el Mundo. Uh, so today we're going to go, actually, we're going to go to the other side of the world. So we've done a lot of Latin America in the last couple of weeks. We're going to go to Spain. Uh, so Spain recently voted in um, 12... The, the south of Spain won 12 seats for their far-right party, the Vox party. And so the reason why this is important is because Spain is becoming more and more far-right. The last time that Spain was a far-right country was during the 1930s, I believe. It was during 1930s to 1975 when Spain was ruled by a far-right dictator called Francisco Franco. And then Spain became a more socialist country. And most recently... Uh, Spaniards, at least the south of Spain, has become a lot more far right. They've been the Vox, um, V-O-X, um, de Vaca, the Vox party has been led by this man called Santiago Abascal, who is anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim. He's anti-government. Uh, he wants uh, to control, I guess, Spain. And his slogan, catch this, his slogan and the other 12 seats that were won by the bots party, their slogan is, quote-unquote, or I mean, quote, hashtag, make Spain great again. yes. I said, make Spain great again. Like, do you understand the amount of impact that DJT is having on the world? Like, this is insane. And the fact that, like, nobody believed that these people are going to take the, tw- like, win their seats. And they won 12 out of the 15 seats that they were running for in Spain. So now Spain is like turning this whole new order or whatever you might want to call it. Um, so that's happening in Spain. And then if we then go to Paris, so this is something that's not being reported as much in the United States. So Paris is actually having this huge revolt. Uh, a lot of people are calling it a revolution against their current president, McCarran. I believe his name is McCarran, who he has, I guess, he has been... Um, favoring the rich and not so much the poor. And so there's been so many uh, fires and uh, riots all over Paris. They're calling it the Yellow Vest Riot um, that are being worn by the activists, um, and it, which is usually their standard emergency gear that they're required to have in cars. This revolt started because of the hike of taxes on gas and diesel fuel. Um, and now it's it's... Standing, uh, most recently last Friday, there was a huge riot at schools all over uh, Paris. Um, the students walked out, and uh, the police literally held all the students in captivity, like with in their knees, with their hands above their head, um, like they were criminals. And so, if you see videos of the riot, it literally there's people wearing yellow vests everywhere. There's police trying to fight them. There's these people throwing canisters. There's it. It seems crazy. Um, protesters keep saying that they don't want to keep Macron anymore. They want to get rid of him, and this is an act 
an uprising against him because they just don't want him in office. He's trying to make the richer richer and the poorer poor poorer. Um, I mean, it sounds very similar to things that are happening. I mean, this is happening all over the world. It's crazy that people are protesting. People are taking to the streets. Um, if you don't know what's happening in Paris, please look it up. Um, it, it's really I guess, representative of what's happening all over the world, where people are starting to realize that the governments are no longer working for them, that the governments are working for themselves, not for the people. And so it's really interesting to see that this is happening all over the world in different forms. Either people are voting people that they usually wouldn't be voting for, or they're taking to the streets and protesting. Um... All right, so we went to Spain, we went to Paris, we're going to get on the plane, and we're going to go to China, uh, where most recently uh, Chinese uh, people have been speaking up, uh, necessarily uh, Chinese Muslims has been speaking up to this. Uh, China has been accused of locking up hundreds and thousands of Muslims without trial in the western region of Xinjiang. Um, the government denies the claim, saying that people willingly attend these special, special quote-unquote, vocational schools, which come back terrorism and religious extremism, um, but there are obviously people are not allowed to leave these detention centers, they're in the desert, um, and so satellites have shown um, this area where it's a bunch of, like, camps, and they're enclosed, and they're being guarded, and so people of the Muslim people who live in China have been speaking up that their relatives have been taken away, that they're, whenever they, Chinese government finds out that they're either uh, praying or they're doing anything that has to do with religion, they're being taken away. Uh, on April 22nd, 2008, a satellite photo of the same of the desert showed like all these new compounds um, and enclosed almost two kilometers long of its zero wall punctured by 16 guard towers. Uh, there's a Vox video that has been showing how many, how like, the cities where these Chinese Muslims or Muslims that were living in China used to live, and now they look like ghost towns. Um, and so if you don't know about it, I posted a video. Um, the, a recent image that was taken in October shows how quickly this site has grown in size and how these are no longer, quote-unquote, um, these what do they call it, vocational schools? They are actually uh, detention centers that are holding people of the Muslim uh, faith in China when the government finds out that they're actually practicing their faith. Um, if you have anything else that's happening in the world, I would love to do to know. Please uh, hit me up on my uh, social media at It's Just a Talk or my email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. We're going to move on to my favorite part of the show where we get to talk some shit. Shall we do that now? Let's go talk some shit. Can't stop, won't stop, get guap. Ten white toes and them toy flip-flops. Manicures and pedicures, I'm always tip-top. When they say I'm not hot, all these lies need to stop. Cause I'm icy, wifey, haters wanna fight me. Never been the one, get RP up on a whitey. Keep my hands clean, got some hitters moving shicey. Ask me if I'm rolling with some Gucci, bitch, I might be. It's very unlikely, my wrist ain't looking icy. Charging by the minute, cause my time is very pricey. Yeah. Yeah, icy, icy. Okay, so I just found out that this girl who sings icy, uh, 
Sawiti. Oh, I just realized her name is Sawiti. Because it's spelled S-A-W-E-E-T-I-E. I thought it was Sawiti or Sawati. But it's Sawiti. She is cousins with um, Gabrielle Union. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, welcome to It's Just a Talk. My favorite part of that, we talk some tea. We talk some truth. And now it's time to talk some shit. Talk that shit for me. Eh, 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 eh. Because it's time to talk some shit. So go ahead and grab your tea. Grab your tea set. We're about to spill it. We're about to talk some shit. And we're going to start with Mr. Kevin Hart. Mm. Hello, Kevin Hart. How you doing? All right. So uh, Kevin Hart has been in the news for the last couple of days. First, he was in the news because on Thanksgiving, he had um, a birthday party for his son. It was a one-year-old birthday party. And on Thanksgiving, he called the theme of the birthday party was Cowboys and Indians. He could have just left it there. People came at him. People were mad. And then he then went on a radio station and basically said that there was nothing wrong with it, that he played that all the time. Then somebody asked him, what if somebody was playing, like, cops and robbers? He said, well, that's different because cops and robbers is racist. But he wasn't understanding why cowboys and Indians is also not okay. Like, on Thanksgiving, pendejo, like, really, on Thanksgiving of all days, you're going to do Cowboys and Indians? Like, the only other worst day that you could have done that is on fucking Columbus Day, but you had a way on Thanksgiving to have a Cowboys and Indians party. Ugh. Okay, anyway, so then, a couple of days later, the Academy Awards announced that he was going to be the host of the next year's Oscars. And then all these tweets surfaced from, like, the yesteryear of when he was super homophobic in 2009, 2010, saying all this shit, you know, that um, if his son was ever gay, like, he would beat the gay out of him, saying, like... Part of his stand-up comedy, he says something like, you know, um, something about his son playing with a dollhouse and him slapping the gay out of him. So he's, and there's other homophobic tweets that I'm not going to say on here. If you're really curious, go ahead and search them on Google. Just type Kevin Hart homophobic tweets, and I can assure you, you'll find them. But the fact is that then the Academy was like, oh, like, you need to apologize for these. Given he has apologized for these before, and now they're resurfacing again. I feel like he's made all these people angry for the whole Cowboys and Indians. That the same people were like, nah, fuck no, you ain't hosting no Oscars. And then, like, fucking, like, los sacaron de la tierra, estos tweets that he had said and things that he had said that are on YouTube, on his stand-up comedy shows, that he said that's very homophobic. He said he wasn't going to, um, what's it called, apologize, and then he stepped down. So my talking shit is, yes, Kevin Hart, fuck you, like, never really liked you, you, I know you're homophobic as fuck, homophobic as fuck, there's no reason why you need to front, but then, there's all these other people that are backing him up, saying that what he has said is not even that bad, that, like, we are so sensitive, blah, 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 and so they, one of them is Snoop Dogg, another man is Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon went as far as to, I guess, dig up 
tweets and things that other comedians have said, in particular Chelsea Handler, and he did uh, Sarah Silverman, and what's the other girl, um, uh, Amy Schumer, um, tweets that they have sent before that they were uh, homophobic. And so he's trying to say that why are they picking on Kevin Hart? Why him? And I'm going to tell you clear, Nick Cannon. They're picking on Kevin Hart for two things. One, we can think about maybe they're picking on Kevin Hart because the Academy is giving it to Kevin Hart, but then they're trying to find a reason not to give it to him because he's a black comedian. That could be one. Okay, I can believe that. Two, they're probably doing this to Kevin Hart because the Academy Awards is one of the most watched shows, like award shows, I would say, because it's not the Super Bowl. But it's also on ABC, which is a network that is very, like, tiptoe. Everything is, like, santo, like, santito here and santito there. So maybe they were just trying to cover all their fucking bases. You did not have to go out there, Nick Cannon, and say all this shit about these other comedians and then back up Kevin Hart for the shit that he said. Say that it's not a big deal, that, like... He's going to say what he said. If it is the way he feels, it is the way he feels. Snoop Dogg said the same shit, that this is not a big deal. It is a big fucking deal. Because if this was the way around, and I don't want to make this shit about race, but we're going to take it there. If this was somebody, if this was, let's say, a gay person using the N-word on social media, and now they were going to host the Oscars, I bet believe that all these people would be saying, oh, I don't give a fuck that that was in 2009. You use, you know, all these lures against, you know, the black community or against the theater community or against the Asian community, whichever it might be, you bet believe it would be the other way around. So just because it's against gay people, then it's not that big fucking deal. It is a big fucking deal, okay? So thank God he stepped down. He's not even that funny anyway, so... Bye. And my next person I'm talking shit to is our judicial system. So there's this girl in Tennessee, uh, Cynthia Brown, uh, who is a sex trafficking survivor. Uh, She was captivated by her sex trafficker. She was raped. And finally, she escaped and killed her captor. And now the fucking Tennessee court ruled that... The survivor of sex trafficking must serve 51 years in prison before she's eligible for parole. This just shows what's wrong with our justice system. When someone like this fucking Brock Turner who raped somebody and only served three months in prison, but Cynthia Brown, who was kidnapped, made a sex slave, fought for her life, and then in a sentence 51 years without parole because she is a black girl, This is what the fuck is wrong with our system. And this is why revolts are happening all over the world. This is why revolts are going to start happening in our country. And, I mean, if we really want to make a country great again, we got to start from scratch. I'm just saying. So now we're going to go ahead and get something out of our mind. We're moving on from talking shit, and I'm just going to, you know, my Jamila call on his podcast, um... My Jamila Nathan on his podcast, a.k.a. I Got You Podcast, he always calls it his last nuggets. I'm going to call it my last chicken wings, my boneless chicken wings. So my last boneless chicken wings, I need to get this off my mente, is I want to congratulate Post, uh, which is one of the first all uh 
people of color, queer, transgender show to be nominated for the offer, Golden Globe. So they got a nomination for Best Television Series Drama. Cannot wait for season two of Pose. If you have not watched Pose on FS, we can no longer be friends unless... You are going to promise me that you are going to watch it. So congrats, uh, Pose. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, was featured on this... What do I call this? I guess it was like um, a commercial. Would it be considered a commercial on... <clears throat> that Elle did with all the women they were voted into the house. And basically, it says um, that, that, like, women belong in the house, meaning, like, the House of Representatives. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for you so you can hear. It's really powerful. We the people, we the people, we the people, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain y establecemos esta constitución for the United States of America. And this was filmed by... Um, L, like I said, and it's basically the message of the commercial is that a woman's place is in the house, and by the house is the House of Representatives, because on November 6, 2018, 35 new women were elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, making this a coming class the most diverse by race and gender in the body's 230-year history. They joined nearly 70 women incumbents, resulting in over 100 women representatives. And so, to commemorate this milestone, L captured 27 of these congresswomen elected uh, reading the preamble of the Constitution. It is a beautiful video, so I just want to point that out. Uh, one more, and talking about beautiful videos, Ariana Grande was actually voted Woman of the Year. And for all the gays and all the girls and everybody that needed to hear that it's okay if you don't have your shit together, Ariana put in the best possible words, and I'm going to play this for you. That I find it interesting that this has been one of, like, the best years of my career and, like, the worst of my life. Um, I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm just saying that because I feel like a lot of people would look at someone um, in my position right now, I guess, like, woman of the year, I, an artist that could be at her peak, like, reaching her, you know, whatever, and think, uh, she's really got her shit together, you know, like, she's really on it, like, she's got it all, and, um, I do, but I, as far as, like, my personal life goes, I really have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, so, um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's been a very conflicting one, and, um, I just want to say that, um, if you're someone out there who has no idea what this next chapter is gonna bring, you're not alone in that. So, for anyone that needed to hear those words today, I hope Ariana helped. For those of you that don't know what the next chapter in your life is looking like, just know that it's gonna, it's gonna look like something, and you're gonna be amazing. Uh, so I'm gonna leave you with that, and uh, I'm also gonna leave you with the song of the week. Um, if I just want to give a shout-out to Ad USC Beta Man uh, and the Neo of my brothers, uh, my fraternity brothers, um, because they basically killed it with their new promo. If you want to see their new promo, uh, it's just go on Instagram, at USC Beta Man. Their brand-new promo kills it. 
So thank you so much for listening to It's Just a Talk. If you want to talk to me aside from this podcast, go ahead and follow me on my social media, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter at It's Just a Talk. If you want to send me some emails, maybe some questions for La Opinion, I had none today, but I'm excited to hear some from you next time. Go ahead and get at me on email at podcast.itsjustatalk at gmail.com. And I will see you next week. And hopefully, it'll be our holiday edition before the big break. With that, I love you all. Ciao. Los veo. And episode 011. Yo, hold up.